I'm Bobby Navia. Uh, and I am Dorian Weinzimmer. Welcome back to the couch. This is episode 28. 20 fucking 8. This is going to be another departure from the uh, from the regularly scheduled program, which is to review a new trailer to yeah. a new movie that's coming out. It's quickly becoming an irregularly scheduled program. Like, you know, we're... We're throwing a lot of a lot of curveballs out here, but hey, you know what the fuck? Who cares? Some of the like the la- the last two weeks, two weeks ago, we did the Predator trailer. Mm-hmm. Last week, on a whim, because because of my reaction, my yeah. text reaction, you were like, <laughs> "Let's just put up the mics, and I want to hear this." We I reviewed we reviewed ish uh, the Predator because I yeah. actually went to go see it. I was just that was a very selfish move on my part. I was just very excited to hear Bobby's ire spelled out for me so yeah so thank you for that indulgence uh listeners it was cool it was fun though yeah no i i really enjoyed it (laughs) it was great um i wish we'd have been drinking though so we could have really liked the hate flow but yeah yeah, we had some shit that would have been good so this week so last week uh friday the 70 millimeter film festival started at the music box theater here in chicago yep and uh, Dorian and myself and our good friend Sean, we all bought festival passes this year and have been taking in some some pretty good movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the first movie As always. that we went to go see together, the three of us, was... Uh, what was it? It was on Friday or no? Uh, it no, on, it was on Monday. It was on Monday, right? Yeah, right, we right, saw right. Okay. Monday evening. Yeah. Monday evening, we saw uh, 1985 Michael Cimino-directed Year of the Dragon. Yeah, 70-millimeter print. 70-millimeter print. It was a blow-up, yeah. I believe, yes. thirty Shot in 35-millimeter, blown up to 70. Right. Um, which, you know, for anybody who's unfamiliar, it's, uh, um, you know, it's a process that uh, when film projection was still a thing... <laughs> Uh, you know, would sometimes be done and, um, you know, it's not as, it doesn't look as good as something that was shot on 70 millimeter film, but you know, 35 millimeter is incredibly good looking film. So it can actually stand up to that, you know, sort of blow up to a larger frame. Basically it just doubles the size of the image that's being projected. Mm -hmm. So, you know, ideally you can, Hey, well you could put it on a bigger screen, but you get like all that much more clarity and that much more color and depth to everything. Right. Right. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's not totally analogous to, but comparable to say like, you know, 1080p versus like 4k okay yeah current like a regular blu-ray quality versus like 4k quality you know and one of the more like popular 70 millimeter projections was like the hateful eight when it came out a couple years ago they had all these like road shot road road show outside you know sort of presentations of it music box have it had a 70 millimeter of it and um different actual amc theaters and like regal theaters actually participated where they would have their project their digital projector replaced for a few screens and they actually had a film projector yeah. and a projectionist installed to show it on on film in a movie theater. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. It's amazing. It's yeah. really, really cool to see. I mean, I forget that I've seen so many like movies on film, like when I was younger, mm-hmm. that now it's like, holy shit, you know, it, it's nice to see a movie on film now. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I mean I love blu-ray and i love 4k i love watching it like yeah. that as well but yeah and dcp projections and yeah, theaters yeah yeah, and yeah there's definitely like stuff. a a different experience a different communal experience when going to a theater and watching something on film that could burst into flames at any moment right, yeah. so, <laughs> you know there's something of the physical nature of it too it's like you know it, it has like a it carries some sort of document of like every time it's been shown yes you know yeah, and yeah, like yeah. it deteriorates and it is like finite in a way mm-hmm. you know 
Um, it's so it's really cool. It's like you're seeing rather than like a digital projection, which is like you know you could run that 24 hours a day for you know 40 years and it would still look exactly the same. There's something of like you know with film that you're you know you're seeing a part of something's life. Yeah, you know it's yeah. it's it's like it only has this certain lifespan, right? And the right. fact that you get to see like two hours of its life, I don't know, it, it sort of elevates the experience in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool, but yeah, it was amazing that the studio did that for the Hateful Eight release. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's basically it's basically thanks to like Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, J.J. Abrams, and P.T. Anderson, right? That like film is still even a thing, a thing. you know, honestly, yeah. like uh, that anyone can shoot on anymore. Um, that's a whole other story, how right, that right, all right. played out. But anyway, if you've heard more about like 70 millimeter recently because of like Hateful Eight and, um, you know, Dunkirk and oh, yeah. right, uh, right. the recent, you know, Christopher Nolan sort of backed re-release of 2001 on 70 mm-hmm. millimeter, um, you know, it's it's because these guys are pushing really hard to like keep that medium alive. Right. Anyway. Well, we did something. We've been doing a lot of things, and we've been watching movies for a long time together. I yeah. Think, you know, we we've have. been watching a lot of movies, and there's it's been a I, glorious relationship. Yeah, I think there was on an earlier episode I mentioned, you know, the orphanage when I was mm-hmm. just like I, you know, thought there was something <laughs> wrong because there was not, I wasn't getting, experiencing a reaction from you while watching it, you know. So, um, so there's, there's, there's something to be said lately of (laughs) being in a movie theater with you or watching a movie and, and seeing just a general like reaction, Mm -hmm. like a physical reaction from you. And I think, uh, year of the dragon is by far one of the most, uh, you know, reaction laden heavy experiences I've had with you. It's, I mean, it's impossible not to have a reaction to that movie. I think, uh, Especially, I mean, and and we'll obviously get way more into this, but, um, you know, especially in today's climate, you know, like looking at it through like today's lens. Right, right, right. It's just, I mean, like we should set up the movie, I guess, like what it's about even. Yeah, so here, I got it on. Before we really get into why this was such a... Uh, an experience we we need to discuss. Uh, it's a 1985 American neo-noir crime uh, film directed by Michael Cimino, starring Mickey Rourke, uh, Ariane Koizumi, uh, and John Lone. The screenplay was written by Cimino and Oliver Stone, and it's adapted from the novel by Robert Daly. And um, the plot of this movie is that um, is a New York crime drama and an exploration of gangs the illegal drug trade ethnicity racism and stereotypes and uh, it has mickey rourke as a decorated police officer and a vietnam war veteran who gets reassigned to new york's chinatown and he makes it a personal mission to crack down on the chinese organized crime um basically uh, the uh chinese uh, triad societies that are hiding in chinatown he believes they're there and a lot of people don't believe that they are there, that thing doesn't exist. And up until this point, the um, Chinese in Chinatown and the New York police officers have had sort of an understanding. Yeah. You know, that the Chinese will take care of the Chinese and, you know, they'll, they'll be there. But there's these young kids in the movie that are committing these crimes and, yeah. like, shaking people up. The classic 80s youth gang. Yeah, you right. Know? They're and just, like, Asian characters, but they still have, like, the red mohawks and, like, fingerless gloves. Right. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, they all look like they stepped out of Michael Jackson. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, there's so there's these, like, you know, there's these, the movie starts with, like, two murders, like, right away. Right, yeah. There's a murder, and then at the funeral for that guy, there's another, another murder. murder. 
murder. Right. <laughs> like, um, the guy who gets killed in the first scene is like an established sort of, you know, leader in the Chinatown community, likely mm-hmm. with triad ties, of course. Yeah. But, you know, he's in with the cops. He's in with the, you know, the governor. Like, he's you know, entrenched. He sort right. of like runs Chinatown. He gets killed. And then this, like, Italian shop owner gets killed during the funeral. There's this crazy, you know, like, parade procession going on. And this Italian shop owner who refuses to pay protection money to one of the Chinese gangs gets uh, gets killed during mm-hmm. this funeral. And then, like, that's when they bring in Mickey Rourke. So they're like, we need to change the guard here. You know, this right, isn't right. working. And, like, so, yeah, so he comes in and, like, you know, everyone's just saying, like, you know, just go after these youth gangs. Like, that's all that matters. Yeah. Don't fuck with you know, Chinatown. Like, mm-hmm. don't fuck with the leaders, the people who run this place. There's, right. like, these six guys, including John Lone's character, right. Johnny Tai. Johnny Tai. And um, Johnny Tai, Chinese. Right. I like that. It's actually... Um, sorry, it's Joey Tai. Joey Tai. Joey Tai. Okay. Yes, yeah. Joey Tai. Uh, and and also um, the guy uh, with the lazy eye who's in Tremors and um, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway... So there's, they're like the leaders of the community and, you know, ostensibly all of the criminal organizations within that community as well. And, you know, basically the, you know, his, even Mickey Rourke's superiors uh, like are telling him like, you know, don't fuck with those guys. Like that's mm-hmm. not who we're going after. We're just trying to stop these youth gangs. Right. And, you know, lo and behold, of course, like spoiler alert, you know, the youth gangs are actually an offshoot of Joey Ty within the story who's trying to like make this move to like take over the organization, right, like, right, get rid right. of the older guys. Anyway, the plot of the movie is not really what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> what? Yeah. We're not here to talk about <laughs> the plot of the movie. Yeah. Uh, this movie deals with racism real hard in a very, in your face way. I can't remember <laughs> seeing like a more arresting movie, just like no pun intended, but yeah. just, I mean it was fucking shocking. Yeah, it was. It. It I, w- I uh. was just really 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 I think the three of us like you me and Sean were just watching it through today's lens. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I mean it's like the amount of like racism, misogyny, uh, sexual abuse yeah. that goes on in this movie is really like it's off the charts, man. It is, and it's it's unrelenting. Yeah, like that's what really what it is. Yeah. It's like any one of these things in this movie individually is kind of like mm-hmm. you know, it's a little like for the time is a little like par for the course. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, none of them like on their own, but it's like every single scene just comes at you yeah. with like a right hook even just simple dialogue yeah it's like it just it can't just be a conversation <laughs> no. like and it, it just and like mickey rourke's character too will just like go on these like rants yeah you know and it's just like to people right in front of him just <laughs> yeah. berating their entire culture <laughs> right and then basically forcing himself on top of them and, right you right, know it's yeah. there's yeah there's just like a, a barrage <laughs> <laughs> of this stuff and it's it, you know it's like two hours and 15 minutes or something like that yeah run yeah, time. Yeah, yeah yeah and uh you know it's just it, it's just a lot like it just wears on you <laughs> as it keeps going and it just keeps hammering you over the head with this um so one of the reasons so so yet we were we were throwing back and forth yesterday you text me like hey are we going to talk about 
Year of the Dragon, because I think people need to know. People need to know. So, yeah. like, when we walked out of the movie theater, you know, universally, like, uh, you know, the three of us were just like, never want to watch that again. Don't even want to let people know that we've seen it. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, that's just how, like, disarming it was, you know, because the world right now is just so on edge with things with, like, Me Too movement, like, women's rights, you know, all this kind of stuff. And Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And, and, and this Racial and, injustice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this movie just is And like, especially with the police. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this, I mean, this movie is like told from one of the guys in those videos you've seen. You know, it's based. That's right. Yes. Mickey Rourke is yeah. basically the guy killing the dude on the street, you right. know, yeah. and not getting punished for it. Exactly. Like, and that's whose lens this movie is told through. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, after a couple of days of sitting with it, like it, it kind of was uh, it, it still kind of stuck with me. Yeah. And not not in a bad way, but just sort of like as a. I remember when you when we walked out of the theater, you just called it like a like a slice of history. Like that was just a really interesting sort of you know slice of history to 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 look at. Yeah. But I also started thinking about um, other movies that Oliver Stone has written, and m most notably, uh, uh, I had a friend over a couple weeks ago, and we were watching TV, and I had like free Showtime on my Sling TV, and they were playing Scarface mm -hmm. like round the clock. Yeah. And I was like, man, I haven't watched this in a while. And for me, I was just sort of like loving it. And she had never seen it before. And she's just like, I really do not like like everything I'm watching right now. Like, I don't like this person. This is like really this is this is like disturbing to watch. Right. Yeah. And I immediately like drew the parallel between like this movie and like Scarface. Mm -hmm. And I saw Scarface at such a young age that to me, like it was just almost kind of grindhouse ishy. Yeah. Like it was just so extreme and so over the top. And you were more laughing at the American actors in the movie playing like Cubans mm -hmm. and their accents <laughs> that that was like the funny part of it. And like the violence was just like, you're young and you're watching, you know, like right. blood and people shoot each other. And like, we've heard these, you know, very famous lines from this before, but then watching year of the dragon was like watching Scarface. If I was like a, like an adult now, like, mm -hmm. Oh, I know things now. Like I know what's going on in the world now. And this isn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't right. like, good, but, um, but yeah, I started thinking about how how Scarface is sort of a you know a mirror to a certain time, just like like Year of the Dragon is, mm -hmm. and the way in which Oliver Stone wrote both of those movies to really show you uh, show you the reality of it, but also like use it as a metaphor, yeah, as well, you know. Um, and obviously, like the metaphor for this movie is like we were talking about it the other night is like Vietnam, and just you know Mickey Rourke is a Vietnam vet. And he still seems to be continuing to fight that yeah, war. Basically, he's just extended yes. that into, you know, his uh, tenure in Chinatown. And there's even parts where he's wearing like his old like military jacket. Right. Yes. With yes. like, you know, the patches on it and stuff from, you know, from his time uh, uh, in the in the bush. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, or in the shit, I should say. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's very much like. You know, that that is a big part of, you know, and it's overt at times, you know, right. people call him out on it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, dude, you're not still. They're always calling him. Yeah, out you're not it. still out there. Yeah. You know, this is you're back in America, right. <laughs> like all this stuff. But he's just like, you know, he doesn't like care or listen to anybody else. And right. like, he's just sort of, you know, uh, almost like to a debilitating degree, you know, himself. Mm-hmm. Is it like it's he can only be himself. He like can't help but be who he is. Yeah. And it's not really like a great person. Um, and, you know, but it was one of those things that like when you're like watching the movie again through today's lens where I don't know, it's like 
just you talking about Scarface, I started thinking about this too, that, you know, I don't know more because of like the, all the issues that we're dealing with right now, like mm-hmm. it feels like morality is so much more, a, a very, very definite, de- uh, definite definition mm-hmm. <laughs> of morality is sort of encoded into culture now and you're expected to like adhere to it or you're a bad person. Right. Whereas like, I feel like in the eighties when, you know, both these movies were made seventies, eighties, um, you know, there was this more of a cultural comfortability with moral ambiguity where it was like, you could trust that people could make up their own minds about these things. Right. You know, yeah. so you didn't have to code the morality into the message. You could just say, this is this person. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like what they what happened, you know, and and leave it to people to kind of make up their decision about how yeah. they feel about the morality of this character. Is his trauma justify his behavior now, you know, mm-hmm. or does it forgive it in some way? Yeah. Or, you know, was he potentially, you know, and, and you're free to like go your own route with it. And, you mm-hmm. know, like Taxi Driver, you know, when it, it came out, it, it tapped into something like very deeply subconscious that everybody kind of wanted to express about how they felt at the time. Yeah. But it was also like a really kind of touchy thing. You know, I think if you, you know, if a movie came out that penetrated some sort of societal, you know, collective subconscious feeling as deeply as Taxi Driver did in the 70s, if mm-hmm. it came out today, it would be like an uproar yeah. about it. I mean, yeah. people would be pissed. Because it would have to say some really difficult things, obviously. Right. And that's what Year of the Dragon was really doing. It was like, no, 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 this is not a racist movie. It is a movie about a racist character. Right. And, you know, you can't let that reflect, like, on, you know, the the actual message of the film or what it's saying and just, like, completely, you know, uh, negate all of that Mm -hmm. just by virtue of, like, you know, I don't agree with, like, this philosophy towards other people but it's like well no it's that doesn't you know that shouldn't preclude your ability to make a movie about people who feel that way right yeah um you know now the floodgates are open you can see anything and everything from everywhere so you see you know and you're just inundated with it Mm -hmm. and most of it you know has to like go to the lowest common denominator in order to get your attention to get you to actually fucking watch the damn thing yeah right so you know it's like there's this dumbing down that kind of has happened okay it's like we have to just make things like even simpler and more basic to understand in like 10 seconds because that's about all you've got to get someone's attention before they forgot about your movie yeah. and decide to watch, you know, like the Gilmore Girls reunion or whatever. Um, and um, so in the 80s, you know, I, I feel like that might have been a more reasonable expectation of audiences in 1985 going to see a Michael Cimino movie, you know, that they would probably take that leap and start, you know, really kind of like analyzing the puzzle here. Yeah. And looking at this character is a little bit more complex than where we're seeing him at in his life right now. Yeah. And, you know, not that that justifies his behavior, not even in the slightest. No, no, but no, 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 no. it gives it context, yeah. you know, and in a way it's like instead of him just being this monster, you can see how like in a way like that happened to him over time. Right. And I'm not saying it was not just like nature or nurture, one of those, you know, in particular, but you know, a combination of factors mm-hmm. that brought this person to in his like forties or whatever age he was be like, this is who I am and this is how I function in the world. Right. And this right. is the mark I want to make, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so, so, you know, as this character study, it becomes like really, kind of fascinating in a way yeah um he's still an awful piece of shit yeah but it's like you know it's kind of interesting for a movie to say well hey let's look at this awful piece of shit yeah and you know (laughs) 
maybe try to understand a little bit, have a little bit of empathy for like where this guy came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not necessarily say like he's excused or like that any of this is okay, but it's like just on that like human to human level, you can yeah. still kind of like understand like this is a person who has a past. Right. You know, they've got shit and baggage like the rest of us that they're carrying around. Yeah. And I don't know what it's like to have been to Vietnam and like bring that back with you and then be, you know, thrown into you know, a, a, a place that on a very superficial level, you know, obviously Vietnamese people and Chinese people are very different cultures. Yeah, right, right, everything. right. But to be thrown into a situation where you're in a place that is like, you know, mostly populated by Asian people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's going to fuck with that sort of trauma. And, and all you're that. in charge of. Right. Yeah. You're kind of, you know, you're quote unquote in Policing charge it. of these yeah. people, but at the same time, not. Right. You know, and like you're uh, you're you're a square trying to be fit into a cylinder, yeah. so to speak. Right. You know, so. And you know, there's a lot of, you know, and it is like guerrilla warfare, the way it's kind of right. like taking place. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of parallels that they draw where it is really like, they kind of make it like Vietnam all over again yeah. inside yeah, yeah, of Chinatown yeah. and all this stuff. And, um, yeah. So, you know, so on, so looking at it on, a, you know, with a broader viewpoint, um, you know, really helped a lot and, and made the movie feel much more valuable. And like, I understood, you know, why this movie had been made because mm-hmm. it, when we first walked out, it just seemed like unconscionable. Yeah. Like <laughs> we were just, cause it, I mean, there's a, you know, the misogyny too is like, we haven't really gotten into that yet. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty bad. It's that, that to me was a bit more like inexcusable in some ways, but also mm-hmm. like, I, kind of of the time, you know, I, I mean, having, having female characters in movies just like randomly fall in love with a guy was like, that just happened in the eighties. You know, unfortunately yeah. that wasn't something that like a lot of people were putting much thought and effort into. But in the particulars scripts. in the movie of her are falling pretty, in yeah. love are, are pretty, are, it's almost like she has some sort of like Stockholm syndrome of some kind. Yeah, exactly. You know, and where, I, I, I mean, I don't, she doesn't, you know the her character. She um, she's a reporter. The, she's a yeah. She's a journalist who's who's covering all this, uh, and you know Stanley White in the course of the movie basically makes a deal with her that like he'll feed her information if she puts it. Uh, yeah, he puts wants it on, to puts get it on the news. yeah. He wants to get these people's faces out, like the criminal, the, right. the heads of the five families. Like yeah, he wants yeah. their faces out in the public, so yeah. it's like people see that like these are like criminals and right, shit. Right? Yeah. Like they do they do good stuff, but there's there's a price to that good stuff, and they're yeah. also doing these kinds of things too. And he kind of challenges her and by saying, you know, like these it'll mean more if it comes from you because this is your culture. So if you're exposing them, right. then you know, people I just look like an angry racist white guy if I start exactly. s- putting their pictures up and screaming about them. Yeah. Right, right. So um, it's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> and you are. Um, so she, you know, he's he's using her, you know. But I really feel like in the movie, the I don't I don't understand their relationship in the movie, other other than you know, like I, I, I well, there is no other than I really don't understand the the dynamic as to why each of them, I think I know why he wants her, but for the reason that she's, she reciprocates and sort of puts up with it, you know, given that he's married, you know, seemingly him and his wife are trying to have a child. And, you know, there's a scene where the wife gets upset that he forgot that she was, you know, on her cycle and he was supposed to come home so they could have sex and try and get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like immediately, like after that scene, when it blows up, like he goes out to dinner with the journalist and, you know, a couple scenes later, you know, 
he's basically walking in and just like taking his clothes off and taking her clothes off. And it's just very like, whoa, what the hell is Oh, and, is, and the whole time is just basically screaming at her why he thinks her culture is so shitty. Yeah. He's just like oh, yeah, talking right, yeah. shit about like Chinese culture. Right. And the way they look yeah. and the way they act. And then he and then he at the end of this tirade, he's like starts taking his belt off and he's like, so why is it that I want to fuck you so bad? (laughs) It was so terrible. It was like that was the whole theater was just like, oh, yeah, man, like (laughs) you can't do that, dude. (laughs) That's no good. That is not okay anywhere. Bad touch. Bad touch. Right. Right. But, you know, and, and like in a way at first. She sort of plays it like you almost feel like they are giving her a little bit of power in the scene because she plays it totally calm. That's like true. she's kind of laying yeah. there just like listening to him talk his bullshit yeah. and then say this. And then she's just like, well, that's too bad because it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah. Right, you know, right, right. and he she immediately just rebuffs him and like doesn't try to like cower away or anything. It's mm-hmm. like at first I was kind of like, oh, damn, they're going to make this like. You know, they're going to butt heads. But yeah. then like but then like a minute later, she like succumbs to his charms Uh, yeah his racist charms and then literally it's like he essentially you know she she cracks the door open a sliver you know like uh, uh, figuratively speaking as far as like maybe i'm kind of into this right okay yes yes, yes. and then he just shoves the door open and jumps in you know that's (laughs) that's pretty much how it plays out yeah and then like literally so they fuck and i mean it's (sighs) They have sex. It's a little rapey. Yeah, yeah, it's a little rapey. (laughs) Um, But then it's like they cut to like, you know, it's now the sun's coming up and they're still like naked in bed. And she just says, I love you. Yeah. Like just I'm in love with you now. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, it's pretty it's pretty bad. That's bad. I got to say it looks bad. That's bad. (laughs) All that is just bad pillow. talk. So, yeah, it's everywhere. It's not a good scene. And like you're kind of but again, like, okay, like of the times like, I've seen that basically same scene in other 80s movies. Okay. You know, like, uh, okay, that doesn't fully excuse it. I'm not saying, but like, uh, okay, again, like, you know, female characters weren't really being written well in the 80s. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. You no, know, no, no, unfortunately, yeah. Well, yeah. it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Uh, some, you know, uh, ex- uh, uh, exceptions, of course. Yeah. Um, very, very noteworthy exceptions. But anyway. Most movies, yeah, weren't weren't taking that into much consideration. So, um, but as like, you know, as as like a metaphor, an extension of the Vietnam metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like I understood, you know, if I t- again took a step back and just looked at it as like a series of beats. Okay, that it was like sort of like this guy because he he first comes into her place too, telling her like, you know, I've got a story for you. Right. You know, and that's when she's like, okay, come up to my apartment and, you know, we'll talk about this. Also, her apartment is fucking sick. Yeah, it's insane. It's so cool. It's, it's insane. like one of the best apartments ever. So many levels. Yeah. One of the uh, best 80s apartments every, and, ever. And a great reveal shot. It's just this, like, 360, like, yeah. pan <laughs> around the room as just, like, the lights are turning on and Mickey Rourke's kind of, like, right. walking around. Like, yeah, it's, it's really good. But um, anyway, uh, as taken as, like, a metaphor, so, like, you know, for this whole Vietnam War thing, it mm-hmm. was like you know basically like the American soldiers coming into the villages. Yeah, right. You know they would basically they were on the surface they were there as like hey we're going to protect you and save you from the from the VC you mm-hmm. know and like all this and it uh, you know but then they come in and they you know rape the women yeah burn the villages and you know all this type of stuff and essentially and then you know honestly like 
pretty much robbed these people of everything they had, even their dignity. Yeah. And then these people have nothing left, and they're the only ones around that, you know, they're the fucking big dicks with the guns walking around. Right, so they're exactly. now all of a sudden this person who destroyed everything you have is your only potential savior. Yeah. You know, and so there were these instances of like, you know, these people falling in love, like people coming back with Vietnamese wives and stuff right, that like, right. you know, yeah, they were certainly like indoctrinated mm-hmm. through this. Like that's a really heavy psychological burden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, to bear. And that certainly plays into this. But it was like these people really thought they were in love, yeah. you know, and like it came from all of this destruction and rape and like awful shit. And, and you essentially know, in like the whole movie, they're they're using each other. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there is a maybe the end, but we'll get to that later. I don't know if if there is a moment in the movie where they genuinely fall in love for each other and have respect for one another. Yeah. It may be that that end scene, but like throughout the whole movie they they're just using each other. Yeah. You know, and they just so happen to be like maybe they just so happen to be fucking each other. Yeah. You know, right. whether it's consensual <laughs> or not is yeah. to be debated, you know, but um He's he's clearly has it his became ad- consensual. I guess Ugh. Ugh. that felt gross to yeah. just even say. Ugh. No, <laughs> scratch that, people. I mean, Sorry. he he's <laughs> he's obviously using her for you know to get to get the word out, and for all we know, being a reporter, she's probably using him to you know get the press, get the, get the attention, yeah, get, you know, boost her and, career and yeah. further her career, yeah. you know, which is not like not anything. Um, I mean, shit, a man or a, a man or a female, you know, reporter. Yeah probably would have done the same. So that's not out of the question, but I think for the movie, it's not so clearly defined for her that, you know, she is, you could, you could deduce it from how she seems to be one of the very few characters in the movie that will throw it back in his face as well. Yeah. Like she doesn't take his shit, but at the same time, like she takes a shit, I guess, you know? So, but, um, yeah, that that whole thing is it's it's weird when it comes up. Like it's un, it's uncomfortable to watch still. Yeah, dis- very much. Despite yeah. the you know the, the the metaphor of like the Vietnam War, right. as, it, as it moves through the and movie, that was you know? yeah, and that was after the fact. You right, know, that exactly. I thought about yeah. that. Like just watching it, you're like, this is so yeah fucking wrong. Right, like, right. oh my god, yeah, mm-hmm. it's so so yeah. Looking at it from you know a purely metaphorical standpoint, like it it totally makes sense. Yes. Actually, as right. far as furthering that Vietnam War, you know, extended, mm-hmm. you know, metaphor into New York, Chinatown. Right, right. Um, so, like, I got it from that standpoint. And, you know, it just, the execution is obviously a little in your face and kind of ham-fisted. You yeah. Know, where it, uh, it it feels like that. But at the same time, it was it was almost that aggressiveness mm. and, and kind of clunkiness with which it did that that made me think about it more. Okay. Because I was like, this guy's a good director, you know. Like I, why it was done like that? Yeah. Okay. And like, you know, so so that is what eventually made me think like, okay, let me just look at just sort of, you know, like take away the actual situation and just beat by beat like what happened here. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly like Vietnam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, when I looked at it from that yeah. perspective. And and I think, again, that's, that's part of the, uh, you know, strength of this movie is that it, you know, yes, while it's presenting a very awful person, the movie, right. it, the, the morality and the, the movie's, like, feelings about that are not coded into the film. Mm-hmm. The film is not telling you how to feel about this character. And that's part of what makes everything feel so painful. 
But sometimes it's, because it's kind of like sometimes it's kind of telling you how to feel. No, you don't well, feel there, what I mean? the, no, I mean, there were times that like other characters would say something to him, like you're yeah. a fucking racist, but it was like the movie was not, you know, the film itself was not constructed in a way that gave it a moral bend, okay. you know, you know, where I it wasn't like, you know, yes. the filmmaker telling you like, I'm going to, you know, we're going to talk about this guy who's an awful person and who's very wrong. Yes. You know, it was just, we're just going to tell you a story about this person. Right. Make up your mind. You yeah. know, you have to think about it. Yeah. So, so like, because the movie was never communicating to you subconsciously that like this is wrong what this guy's doing that's mm-hmm. part of why it felt so awful okay. oh yeah <laughs> at yeah, first yeah, yeah. cuz you're just like you're just left to like deal with it right. you know um you don't even get the reaction shot of like someone being disgusted by his comments or something where you're like, right. okay, yeah, the movie knows like this guy's, it's like, no, yeah. you're just going to see him. You're actually going to, we're going to linger on him smiling after he says it. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because it's just about this guy. And like, you know, again, you're just sort of, you know, it's, it's up to you to really like consider these things. And that's again, what, what made it feel much more like, okay, I need to look at this from a, you know, a step back, mm-hmm. not only to depersonalize myself from just like my personal feelings about how disgusting this racism is, right, right. Um, you know, but, but also just in terms of like the scenario and what's being presented to me by the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a lot of it, you know, and then that's when a lot of stuff started rising to the surface as far as, you know, the, the, the subtext mm-hmm. of this whole Vietnam war sort of metaphor and the way that that was playing out in a lot of specific elements, yeah, including the relationship between Tracy and, and Stanley. Tracy and Stanley. Yep. Yep. Stan and Trace. Um, all right, let's move on to John so, Lone. Yeah, oh man. I really Dude's like good. John Lone in this movie. Yeah, no, he's great. He's the best actor in the movie. He really for sure. is. I he mean, is. Rourke, you know, Rourke did his job. It's just, again, the character doesn't have a lot of depth. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, he, he committed to it. Yeah. He, he yeah. definitely, you know, I, it felt like authentic racism. Yeah. <laughs> so, good job. Yeah. <laughs> but, that was good. Yeah. But as far as like having like a real, you know, a character with a real arc to play. Mm-hmm. in the movie and whose motivations you're not as certain about and who you really like, you know, sort of understand piece by piece as he's developed throughout the film. John right. Lone's character really definitely 100% best character, best actor. Right, in the movie. right. And he's got like, I mean, his 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 arc in the movie is, A, it's very clear. And I mean, there were, what I thought the movie did really great is there, you know, I mean, spoilers, is that with these kids who are, you know, killing all these people in Chinatown and, and, you know, really rallying things up like crime wise, there's a moment where John Lone like walks through like all these different buildings and comes up to an apartment and it's revealed that John Lone is actually in charge of all these kids that are doing this. Like you said earlier, in an effort to sort of take over, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, it's kind of (laughs) like, I'm going to make a real bad like connection. (laughs) So forgive me, but I don't think you'll be surprised. Um, it's like that scene in Judge Dredd, the Sylvester Stallone movie with, uh, him and Armando Sante, uh-huh. where they've finally gotten rid of Dredd, okay. the muscle in the movie. <laughs> and it's revealed that one of the chief justices is in, is in cahoots with Armando Sante's character, who's our villain. And to squeeze the rest of the police force into opening up an old file in, in, in their files, uh, he employs Armando Sante to basically ramp up like this very violent, you know, crime rate in the city. Okay. So it's essentially kind of what you know John Lone is doing with these yeah. kids. It's just like you need to really do some reckless shit so that I can prove to everybody that the current 
you know, the the current muscle and the current people who are in power here, they, this is out of their control. Right. And I'm the only one who can who, wrangle it in. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that, that revealed. restaurant shootout. Oh, it was so good. It's, it's just a restaurant shoot up, actually. Right. It's yeah, not yeah. a shootout. No one's firing back, really. No, yeah, they're just some. Mickey yeah. Rourke's trying. Yeah, he's got, not a, got a six shooter. Yeah. <laughs> Versus Uzis. Um, but, but that scene where he walks into the apartment and it's revealed that, like, they're they're working together like that actually took me back i was surprised i didn't like put that together at all through the through the movie mm-hmm. and um i think that was a moment that made me like love his character even more was like oh shit dude like you're 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 a real you know you're a real thinker you know you know yeah. what's you know what's going down like you're you're a snake so to speak you know so but no all all the stuff with him in it is um is really good and even his uh his trip to like bangkok or, or to thailand where he goes mm-hmm. um because he's trying to like make better deals for you know drugs and heroin yeah. coming in and stuff like that, and um, he's a real vicious dude in the movie oh, yeah. like when he needs to be, you yeah. know. So and it makes those conversations between like him and Stanley like real, yeah. kind of awesome you uh-huh. know, to watch. It's like what's gonna happen? Like, well, it's, yeah, yeah, it's so funny too. We uh, Bobby, Sean, and I were talking about this uh, the other night uh, over dinner, but. Um, you know, it's funny because John Lone's character, even though he is this vicious criminal, yeah, he he feels more like I don't know morally correct than yes. Mickey Rourke's character. No, he does because yeah. I mean, you know, the stuff he does is awful. Like Mickey Rourke is is you know he's saying awful shit, right? And, well, yeah, and he, he you know forces himself yeah. kind of. He's an awful split, person. Which is bad. He's yeah, an awful he's character. Bad person. The character versus is awful. you know John Lone is like his character is like you know, bringing in drugs that are destroying his community. He's yeah. murdering people. Like, you know, he's on paper the worst person. Yeah. However, uh, he's kind of functioning within, I don't know, the, the like moral sphere of his world. You know, yeah. like he lives and functions in the criminal underworld. Right, right. So doing criminal shit to like enhance his business prospects mm-hmm. Is you know that's kind of what he does. Yeah, you know right, that's yeah. just him doing his job basically. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, Mickey Rourke being a racist cop is like you're not doing a good job. No. You know, you're you're working against like everyone with a conscience's best interest. Mm-hmm. You know, so he feels more like morally in the wrong than yeah. John Lone's character just because of like you know how how terrible he is. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's really amazing, you guys. I can't, you know, it was, there was an intro, there, uh, one of the guys at the music box was introing the movie. Yeah. And he said something, he was like, you know, I just saw this for the first time a couple nights ago when we first screened it. He was like, yeah, I felt a little dirty when it was over. Yeah. He was like, it's, it's kind of shocking. Yeah. You, you know, will to, feel to real watch. dirty after watching it. You know, there's just a lot. And, you know, we kind of like brushed it. It was a really funny intro. Like he had a lot of really interesting. It was basically like he was telling you, like, I don't really think any of you are going to like this movie. Right. You know, it was, there's a couple cool parts, you yeah. know, some action. But, yeah, <laughs> it's problematic, yeah. you know. Um and and it was funny. It was like, hey, we already bought our tickets. I guess he doesn't need to sell us the movie, right? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, you know. But I kind of like brushed it off. It's like, okay, whatever. He's just like overly sensitive, or you know, I'm sure it's not going to be like shocking to me. And I thought, by, we, yeah, we all had that mentality of like, yeah. we've seen worse, right? Yeah. Like, and I've then seen we some were pretty like, rough, fuck. you know, movies. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. This when it was over, we were like, oh my god, he was right. Like yeah. that was brutal and yeah. and again it is it's just the unrelentingness of it and i can't like overstate that i know we keep like no, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. kind of like laugh just being like god he's so awful like 
it really, even with us prefacing it, I think you'll still watch it and just, you know, by like an hour or so into the movie, you're going to be like, I fucking yeah. cannot handle this guy. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not, it's, you know, if anybody, you know, decides to sort of seek this movie out and watch it, I yeah. mean, it's not a movie. It will be a movie that once you're done with it, like it's, you will like hate this movie, like on a certain right, yeah. kind of level, like I hate it, but also like as an artist and as someone who could be like, okay, let's like how you're saying, let's take a step back and look at the metaphor of it all. Because, you know, I mean, Oliver Stone was, is wrote this as co-writer on this movie with Michael Cimino, you know, Oliver Stone was in Vietnam. And, you know, when you think about movies that he's written, uh, even, you know, all the way to, to all the way till today, Mm -hmm. you know, they're uh, with a lot of, uh, the more political uh, movies he's he's directed from real life stuff like you know Snowden or World Trade Center or all this other kind of yeah. stuff. I mean, he doesn't shy away from writing and directing you know things that are very in your face and very real and very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, because that's just that's just what they are, you know. And he does hand you that sort of like you know red red pill blue pill like which one are you going to take? And it is up to you to sort yeah. of think. You know, that's what I felt like. Um, I think. I felt that the most when I watched uh, W, the mm-hmm. movie he did. Uh, oh yeah, about uh, Brolin. about Brolin, Brolin. playing uh, George W. Bush. Yeah, yeah, and uh, really good movie. But I mean I that that movie ends, you know, just kind of like it's up to you what you want to think. You know, I, I'm just showing you the guy. Yeah, I'm just showing you the man. That's right. it. I'm showing you the man behind the decisions mm-hmm. and everything that we've seen, like on the news. Yeah, you know, whether it's a portrait or a caricature of this man is up to you. Right, and so. I respect that. He wants you to think for yourself. Yeah, you know, you know like, and I, don't I think, like a movie that asks you to think for yourself. Right. You and know? I think on the surface, like we're we're so quick to be like, God, this movie's just boring, or I don't care, or like he still let that fucking happen. You know, what whatever movie you're watching. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's different to watch a movie like that when it's you know, before my time. I mean, I was born in eighty six, so obviously I wouldn't have seen this movie right but i mean you know now through the lens of just understanding like what racism misogyny you know um police brutality you know black lives matter all that kind of stuff it's a really interesting watch yeah you know an uncomfortable one yeah uh, uh, you know more than a few times but it's also something very um very you know true to life and almost kind of like a parable for today as Mm -hmm. well you know so yeah um it's a. Uh, it's. We should talk too a little bit about um, the ending. Yeah. Um. Really interesting. And the, you know, the more uh, I've thought about this, the more I'm. I'm really upset that they changed this line. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So. So the very literally very end of the movie. So wait. Let's set this up. So by the. So what ends up happening? Yeah. Uh, is, spoilers, obviously. Spoilers, yeah. right? What ends up happening is um, uh, Stanley decides to go after uh, you know. Joey Ty. Joey Ty. S- decides to go after him, and there's a shipment of heroin that's coming in, and Joey Ty says that he's going to uh, be there to um, to see the shipment in. Yeah. And it's this really great... Gre- finds out about this. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's this really, you know, gritty action sequence and stuff, uh, which ends up leading to Joey Ty's death uh, by suicide uh, in front of Stanley White's character. And in front of... Uh, so Joey Ty dies, and our next couple scenes are the, the funeral, uh, which very much mirror the movie begins and ends with a funeral, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it mirrors the funeral from the uh, from the opening of the movie, and in the middle of the funeral, like Mickey Rourke just runs into the crowd, 
and is just like, I'm still going to arrest all these people. I'm still going to do this, you know, and he just starts shaking things up. And there's this huge, huge, huge like riot. Yeah. That basically ruins the funeral procession. Yeah. For, for this guy. It's just chaos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, in an earlier scene, you know, uh, the his uh, what was a reporter's name. Tracy. Tracy. Tracy Zoo. Tracy Zoo. They get in an argument. Uh, she gets sexually abused by some of the gangs uh, in an effort as like a scare tactic, um, which is another thing that just sort of, sta- uh, sort of sets Stanley off to go after Joey Ty again. His yeah. wife is murdered mm-hmm. uh, by these same individuals. Yeah, and right so, in front of him. Yeah, so yeah. he's got a lot of, you know. His wife who, yeah, they're like basically about to get divorced. Right, and it's exactly. Like, yeah, but then they come in and attack both of them and she gets killed, but mm-hmm. he so, survives. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's fucking wild. Right. So in the middle of this scene, you know, he's getting beat up and uh, Tracy finds him and like picks him up and is like kind of like put put him on her shoulder and they're walking towards camera. And the line in the movie is him just talking about wanting to be a nice guy and, you know, how he never thought he would be. But, you know, he's he just he's like a nice guy or a bad guy. And then I think she even she tells him, like, I love you again mm-hmm. and then that's how like the movie ends it's like a freeze frame yeah. of them two right and so basically it was something about being a bad guy so so the movie like Chimino was given like final cut on the movie yeah but the only thing that the studio made him change was the original last line to the movie yeah which was dubbed over to the you know oh, i'm a nice guy or yeah all this so if you yeah stuff. if you watch it you'll see that the, the words don't match his mouth in the right. final shot yeah yeah, exactly. And so the original last line was that when she when she picks him up, she, you know, Mickey Rourke tells him that when you've been fighting a war for so long, like you fall in love with the enemy. You you end, you end up, up marrying, marrying the, the enemy. enemy. Yeah. And that was supposed to be the last line yeah. of the movie, right? And it's uh Oliver Stone, I believe, married a Vietnamese woman yeah. as well. So you could tell that this was like a little more of like a little bit of, you know, the artist putting himself yeah. In the art, right. so to speak, yeah. you know, um, but that's like a way better line. It's amazing. It's a I really, mean, it's, 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 it's it's a ballsy it's, line to end on. Yeah, you know, but given everything uh, that we've seen, in right? The movie. But again, like, is it ballsy though? Given everything we've just watched, well, no. Like, yeah, mean, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, no, no, it's no. just funny that that's like the one thing they made him change. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because um, I mean, that's <laughs> that's what the whole movie is saying. Right. You know, really, it's like that's really what it's what it's getting at is this whole like. You know, there's been a lot of movies made about like the horrors of war, you know, Mm -hmm. and it usually revolves around, you know, uh, you know, like the violent aspects of it. And then like, you know, some kind of like shell shock. Right. Treatment of PTSD and like, you know, I I can't be around like barking dogs you know, or whatever. It's a, you know, it's it's a lot of it has been that. And that's and again, that's a valid thing to discuss here. Uh, to discuss in film. But, um, you know, I, I felt like what this movie was getting at was sort of more an even deeper, more psychological and more uncomfortable to talk about reality mm-hmm. of war. Yeah. You know, which is this idea that right. like, yeah, you know, it is kind of a Stockholm thing way that it's like, you know, when you, yeah, when you fight a war long enough, you end up marrying the enemy. It's right. like you have in a way like become inextricable from each other. So it's like hating someone that much and fighting them, but like being all consumed by them in a way it does kind of make a sick kind of sense that like that could turn into love. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of what he's saying here is like it, it does, you know, like all of this disgusting shit can turn into like this inseparable bond. Right. 
and you know that that just that bond expresses itself in fucking whatever way yeah the chemistry of these people you know determines it's mm-hmm. you know it's not something that's clean and nice and pretty it's not like a exactly. hollywood love story you know but it fucking happens that doesn't mean you know it doesn't happen yeah and that it shouldn't be discussed in film right you know and um and yeah, so so changing that line was just so strange, you know, that, that it was like, okay, well, that's where you've gone too far. It's like, I don't know, that's, for me, that line is like, yeah, it would have been like a harsh ending to the movie, but it, in a lot of ways like that, I mean, that really contextualizes everything you've just seen. Yeah, it does. You know, if you had heard that line, yeah, your initial reaction again would have been like, damn, but, um, you know, that that's pretty... This guy hasn't changed at all, huh? I think like when I first, when I was like, when we were walking back to your place and I was looking it up on IMDb and I read, I read the line. Saw it in the trivia. Yeah, I saw it in the trivia and I just thought it was like in, in the moment, in the moment when we're just like fresh from seeing it, I thought it just sounded so like ridiculous. Like this is just another ridiculous line added on to like the audacities of what I've just witnessed. Uh Like (laughs) what the fuck? Like what, you know, but I mean... Again, having more time to think about it, having a couple of days to think about it, you know, you're right. It does really contextualize the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, a, it's again, not, you don't want to. It's not something you want to hear. No, it's not. But yeah, right. Exactly. But it happens. Doesn't make it untrue. Yeah. 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 And, you know, we're, you know, that was again, like I was like, damn, at the end of the day, I'm like forced to admit that this movie was kind of doing like everything that I like a lot of things that I complain about movies not doing nowadays, which is like a, you know, having a fucking pair mm-hmm. and like being willing to like say something that yeah. is uncomfortable, but true. Right. Um, giving people credit for having the intelligence to see what it is you're trying to do and draw their own conclusions about it. And yeah. It's like, man, you know, it really this movie really you know, to a fault kind of went out of its way to do these things. Yeah. Uh, the other movie that I thought about and I, I mentioned it, I think I mentioned it when we were walking, uh, back to your place after the screening was, um, was dead presidents. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, Albert, uh, the Hughes brothers movie, mm-hmm. uh, from the nineties, I believe it came out. Right. Sounds about right. 90, yeah. 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 I think I saw that when I was like 14 or something like that. Yeah. Um, 97. I saw it later, but that's also another movie that deals with, you know, if this movie is about um, a Vietnam vet who comes back and is now in a position of power and is still dealing with his, you know, PTSD or the result of being in war, you know, Dead Presidents is actually kind of like an interesting flip side to, you know, soldiers coming back who are very underprivileged yeah. and underappreciated and right. have no power. They are not in a position of power but seek to find a position of power in the movie by uh, deciding to rob like a bank, rob, rob, a, rob a, uh, a car or whatever. I forget what it was, but I know that's the, you know, the impetus of that movie is, is money, is yeah. making a living, having a living, you know, mm-hmm. all under the umbrella of Vietnam and, you know, that, that, uh, that feeling of coming back and not feeling, you know, not winning. Right, and not, like everyone hated you. Everyone yeah. hated you, you know, so, um, so, Watching this movie has gotten me to actually want to rewatch that movie, yeah, and 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 just feel, just see, watch that movie through the lens of this movie, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, yeah, right, um, <laughs> because uh, it'd be a really interesting, really interesting watch. And plus, I haven't seen that movie since like I was a, a teenager, yeah, as well. So it's been a long time for me too. Yeah, I remember liking it though. Yeah, no, same here. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean that movie, and also like uh, like Scarface. Scarface is the one in the last in the couple days after the movie. I was thinking about. 
Oliver Stone and just that movie that he wrote and how it was like, yeah, there's another another movie where just the character is just not a good character. Yeah. At all. Right. It's like just lecherous. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, um, but again, he's just showing you like he's showing you a character. He's showing you like, uh, you know, an archetype mm-hmm. of, of, you know, what what racists or people have been like. Yes, this is what. Yeah. This is what they are, whatever culture that is. Right. And it's know? I mean, yeah. And it's so interesting because, again, like just going back to that sort of like moral ambiguity being more of a, you know, prominent uh, uh, style of filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, or approach to filmmaking in, in that time period, like. You know, Scarface was very much like Stone and De Palma intended that to be a cautionary tale. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not supposed to be glorifying him. It's supposed to be right. like, look what fucking happened to this guy, like how hard he fell. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, people adopted it as sort of like, you know, it's become the epitome of like success and yes, power right. and coolness and like all this shit and like not giving a fuck. Yeah. Like <laughs> fighting the man and just, you know you know, fucking live fast, die young and leave a beautiful corpse, you know, kind right, of like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of lifestyle. Um, <laughs> so, you know, fucking, uh, it's just, but again, it was like, that's, they were fine with that because, you know, they're like, yeah, we intended it as this, but it's like, we left it up to people to make their own decision. If that's what yeah. they decided from it, you know, that thing's a fucking mirror again. Right. Like, you know, when you let people decide what something is, mm-hmm. it event, what it reflects back says so much more, you know, whereas this, you know, movies used to be made to sort of like, we want to start a conversation, you know, yeah. like, and, and people were into that. Right. You know, it wasn't like people didn't see it as this filmmaker's trying to provoke me, you know, right, right. or like in a, in like a negative way. It was mm-hmm. like, it was trying to be provocative because it was like, we need to societally have a conversation. Right. And this is a starter for that. Mm-hmm. You know, now people look at it as like they are attacking me personally. And it's like, no, we're trying to like get people to talk about this shit. Yeah, right. You know, and that's what it needs to do. And like, you know, that is what I commend get out for. You know, the obviously the reaction it provoked in people, the the spark yeah. in society that it struck, you know, was very potent. And yeah. that's a very respectable, commendable thing. And again, the stuff we've been talking about that like that, you know, it came out when, like, the culture was obviously, like, ready to talk about this, too. Yeah. So, it, like, it just really struck at the right time. Right. Um, but, uh, but you know, it, it, it people were starting to talk about films weren't talking about it yet. Mm-hmm. And, like, that movie broke that, that ground for, like, yeah. you know, we need to talk about race. Right. In movies, you know, not just in the physical production of movies, but as a theme and topic in movies. Because right, it can right. help forward this conversation, you know? And that's and that's the power of film, and that's what that movie did was like it it approached this very real issue from an oblique angle because you know you could if you if all it took to make someone see the light as far as like not being a racist mm-hmm. if all it took to do that was just like a conversation where you're like here's why this is bad then like no one would be racist it'd right. be real easy to get rid of that problem yeah. obviously that doesn't really penetrate <laughs> you know right, right. so. And that's what film and art of any form can do is like it can approach that from an oblique angle where it's like it's not the direct path. They look at they look at it at this thing and they see like this is bad. And then the connection is made that like, oh, fuck, that's just racism. Yeah. Okay. wow. I guess racism is bad, you know, and like then hopefully that can have a little more of an impact than just like someone preaching at you, you know, Um so so anyway, you know, to give it a lot of credit for that and and for opening those doors and, and creating that conversation because not enough movies do that. And that's what 
to bring it back to Year of the Dragon, it's weird that I just made a parallel between Get Out and Year of the Dragon. Yeah. Um, but I think I just did, and I'm standing by it. All right. Because um, I think it, you know, it's the type of movie that was meant to spark the conversation. You right. know, it was meant to get you to talk about it. Yeah. In a way, it's the it's the truest form of art. Yeah. Is 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 a conversation. That's what right. that's what art is supposed to do. It continues beyond the boundaries yeah, of right, the experience yeah. of the art. Right. You know? Exactly. And so. it will have an impact. And yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because like in I, uh, the way that I've managed, to, the way that I've come around, I'm thinking about this movie. It's really interesting how, I don't know, how like how much empathy the movie has inspired in me. And again, mm-hmm. empathy, not sympathy. Right. I don't feel like, you know, I don't sympathize with Mickey Rourke's character. Yeah, 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 I yeah, can yeah. empathize with him. But, you know, where I saw a monster, I now see a very, very deeply flawed person yeah and you know that's a much better perspective to have mm-hmm. on life yeah and everything especially nowadays where right, thing right. you know tr- is sort of like tribalism has become you know sort of ingrained in all of us and it's like you know are you this or that you know it's, yeah there's no middle ground you're you know you're you're pro-trump or you're anti-trump you know and like mm-hmm. all that and it's hard you know you're you're for the me too movement or you're against it you yeah. know and everything is like just you know there's just these two sides and um uh, I think know, that's why I like that's it, what's really interesting is like I talk to Jeremy a, a lot about that yeah is that I don't really you know I'm on Twitter and I'm on social media and stuff like that and it's not that I don't so I I do support you know like me too movement and and you know I, I believe in just the rights of people in general yeah. right but it's so like toxic with just judgment it that yeah. I do I do not like I I have not gone on to like to like rallies for for things or something that that have happened here in Chicago. Also, because I I just I don't like actively, you know, voice my political opinions like on Twitter or anything like that because I don't go out and 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 do that physically. You know, like I sometimes have this fear of like being a poser. It's like, oh, well, you can sit in the comfort of your own home and say, hey, yeah, I support it, but you're not actually doing anything. Exactly. Oh, man, su- and I hate that. I it's, it's, fucking hate that so much. Yeah, it's yeah. it's rough. And I feel like it's not it's not a secret that most of the world works like that. Right. It's just like, hey, as yeah. long as you post yeah, a picture if, if, or you put a hashtag, <laughs> you're you're making a difference. If, if raising awareness, <laughs> yeah. and I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> solved any problems, right. then every problem would be solved. Yeah. Like, awareness is fucking out there. It's right. time for people to fucking do something yeah, you know like exactly. that's what's missing yes is the doing things so right, i right. agree with you i would rather shut up mm-hmm. and not say a fucking thing about what i believe if i'm not gonna like put my money where my mouth is but like yeah. most people seem to believe the other way. it's all about you know the image you're mm-hmm. portraying your you know your avatar basically yeah like, yeah yeah who are you portrayed as on social media is right. like more important than like who you actually fucking are yeah so as a result of this toxicity it's there's this tribalism and it's really easy it's just like you're for us or you're against us yeah you know it's that way like if you don't if you're not actively supporting us then we're just going to assume you're the fucking enemy exactly you know and then it just becomes you just paint everyone with this broad brush and you like you know just say like and that's when you start to just like hate these people Mm -hmm. or see them as monsters yeah irredeemable how could you think this way you know it's so fucking just wrong yeah and and how can you not feel it in your bones that it's wrong like you know the fact that i have to explain to you Mm -hmm. this is like uh, just mind-blowing um and and you know and that's a really and that's a bad thing you know even you know it's it's awful on like every side of every argument right now it's like people have just become these like 
really disgusting animals. Yeah. Uh, even people I agree with, I'm still sort of like, but I don't like the way you're dealing with this. You know, right, you just yeah. become like militant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's really, it's bad when you start seeing people as not people, you know, in any way. Right. That's always a bad thing. Um, and, and, you know, this movie really made me confront that about like, who do I look at as a monster? Hmm. And, okay what is really there as a person? Yeah. You know, because the movie wasn't going to make the judgments for me and I was like forced to really think about it. Yeah. Um, and you know, again, like, you know, reading about that final line of the movie that was supposed to be in there and like what the movie was really trying to say, I was just like, fuck, this wasn't a movie that was just trying to be like, fuck Chinese people, you know, Yeah, like, right. <laughs> which got it really kind of feels like at times. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, you know, the fact that I got to think about that, I was forced to really think about that stuff and like where this guy came from. It was like, again, I don't agree with this person. I don't think he's mm-hmm. a good person. I don't think he's redeemable. Yeah. I don't think he's a valuable contribution to society. But I still I see it as, again, a flawed person that I deeply, deeply disagree with. But still, there is a person there. You yeah, know? right. It's right, not right, just right. this monster who's like Hitler, who's just this embodiment of evil. Yeah, yeah. That should just be wiped from the earth and everything's a better place. It's mm-hmm. like... No, that makes not, sense. It's not that yeah. simple, you right, know? Right. It's really not that simple. And you can't just like look at everyone through that exact lens. You've really got to like consider, even when you deeply, vehemently disagree with them... You know, you've still got to realize that that's a person there. And, you yeah. know, the words that you say are even if they're like put up their defenses, you know, are going to have an impact on them. Right. Right. And that they've got their shit that they're dealing with, just like you got your shit that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like it, at the end of this, like Facebook war where you're saying all this shit about them and like trying to rally all these other troops to just like shit on their life. They might be working four jobs to try to like feed their kids, you know. And yeah. like at the end yeah, of the day, yeah, yeah. like we can all relate to that, right? Right. You know, exactly. like that's something, okay, man, you know what? Do your thing. Yeah. You know, uh, politically we disagree, of course, but fuck, you know, I'm not gonna try to like fuck up your life where you can't support yeah. for your family. Yeah. You yeah, know, and yeah. like that's what some of this shit online starts to look like. And that's really, really bothersome to me. And the point is always never the point. Yeah, like right. The, there, there's there, right. there's a point. It's just ugly. Yeah, there's a That's point. All it is. There's a point to all of it. You know, there's there's a point to who you are as a person, but so much of the time, you know, that to have a conversation about the point never never ends up being about the point. Yeah, because it's always about like, you know, well, you're white and I'm brown, right. so fuck yeah. you. And it's like we I wasn't even talking about the color of your skin, dude. Or I'm right. not talking about you know this or that. You're just like you're just adding adding to that yeah and i mean it's interesting that like you know i I would now even say more that you know it's a i think maybe year of the dragon is like a movie for our time i guess i honestly i was gonna say like this this movie that we walked out of thinking was just unconscionably racist yeah and just insane is is actually (laughs) probably like the most humanist and like empathizing yeah piece of art i've seen in a while yeah yeah yeah, that really like you know especially yeah again for this time like just being forced to like confront this in a perspective you know again i think having a context that wasn't like the actual current world context yeah helped a lot too it it just sort of again what we were talking about getting at that from an oblique angle right i was looking at the same thing on that screen that is happening in the world right now yeah but I was able to separate my personal feelings from, you know, current events right. and look at it from a more, yeah, sort of a distant perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it, it, that's exactly what it provided was, was massive amounts of perspective yeah. on like the whole, 
who these people are, why they feel this way. And, and, you know, just again, really made me like consider them as like people on both sides, like John Lone's character yeah, and, and right. Mickey Rourke's character, you know, for both like that, that question for both of those. Yeah. Both of those uh, characters. Yeah. And it, it really like, you know, that sparked a more productive conversation, you know, yeah. in, in my head and amongst us. <laughs> We've been talking like, about it since, yeah. since that since the next day or the day right. we saw it. Yeah. Do you think this is a good movie? I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's very well made. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, and it's proven to have a lot of depth to it, honestly, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that I wasn't expecting when I first watched it. And maybe that's just like, you know, again, the critics that saw it in 85, like these things were things that were being pretty well discussed in cinema. So I can understand why at that time period they were kind of like, oh, okay, seen it. we've seen this, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nowadays, especially, yeah, as we've talked about it more, like contrasting what's happening in that movie and the, dis- the way that discussion is being handled versus like what's happening in the world today. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a really interesting parallel. And, you know, we don't have, and, and it also throws into sharp light the fact that we, we don't have movies that are sparking that kind of conversation right nowadays yeah. you know um it's uh it's it's funny because like yeah for how in your face that movie is it's very oblique and subtextual the way that it communicates with you mm-hmm. nowadays it's the, you know everything's just in your face yeah i think if i were to come up with a way to become involved with the political landscape more so than i am right now you know like i would I would try to create, you know, like a like an environment where I would like sit people down and like show them like this movie mm-hmm. or, you know, show them like Dead Presidents or Scarface or show them the movies from back in the day that really were just like these are just going to be movies where I'm going to sit this person right next to you in this movie theater and by the end of it you have you have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. So what's the choice? And then like cuz I, I had an English teacher in in high school who to explain just why I, I really enjoyed reading Shakespeare was he, you know, my neighborhood has, has its fair share of gangs, you know, back in the day and now, and there was bits of gang violence, but it was so peripheral and it never like entered my line of sight Mm -hmm. that, you know, for me, I didn't feel like my neighborhood was a bad neighborhood. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but every once in a while you'd see, you know, graffiti on a garage, you know, so you'd know what, what was up. But at the same time, like he, he went ahead and started making parallels between our neighborhood and, you know, the Montagues and the Capulets and, you know, like essentially, even though they're families, they're, they're gangs as mm-hmm. well, you know? And I, it just kind of cracked my head open to just sort of like, metaphor and like how like these people are the same as these people Mm -hmm. so like why look at these people differently when these are the exact same people right yeah and so being able to like talk to you about this you know like that's i think that's how i would jump into sort of the political landscape is Mm -hmm. you know is through using that like let's have a conversation about a film but then actually end up talking about like what's going on in the world and how we can maybe have more empathy right or you know instill more empathy and you know take it take it that route yeah. as opposed to you know in addition to you know walks and marches and all those things that really do physically bring people together as well right. this is also another outlet to bring you know people together and and like have a broader conversation yeah so but yeah, at the end of the day, we all need to remember that, like, you know, the people we disagree with are still people, you know, and, yes. that's, and that's what's just yeah. getting so lost right now. Yeah. You, know? you can have respect for people that you disagree with, right. you know, it's just you choose 
to take it the extra level, yeah. whoever you may be, you know, exactly. in general. So, yeah, um, yeah, dude, I think this is a pretty good movie. I think I'm more on the edge of uh, of buying this movie, yeah, but just having it for like conversation piece, right? Yeah, yeah no, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like been really fascinating. <laughs> like, when you know, what else have we really been able to talk this much and like this substantively about too? Yeah, it's right. Like, you know, we yeah. talked a lot about you know, yeah, the you know inner workings of the movie, like how the shots are structured and the editing yeah, style yeah, yeah, and yeah. how that's helping you know convey the story, create tension, meaning, whatever. But, you know, just being able to really, like, dig into just the substance of the film itself mm -hmm. and, and, you know, have this, like, interesting and deep of a conversation about it, which has been going on for, like, a couple days prior to us actually sitting yeah, down to right, record, exactly, you know, yeah. as we've been just discussing our, like you know, a, a dynamic relationship <laughs> with this movie, I'll call it. Should I buy it or shouldn't I? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, yeah. even, even that alone has been like so fascinating, you know, just yeah. the way that like, you know, my feelings towards the movie have just shifted so much, mm -hmm. you know, that like from walking out of it being like, this is an irredeemable piece of work yeah, right. to now like this is maybe the most important thing people could watch nowadays if we want to increase our empathy for the people that we disagree with nowadays yeah right exactly that's a pretty big leap to make it is yeah and i feel like it's entirely logical yeah you know no, i don't yeah. you know i don't feel silly hopefully i don't know this might be one of those like you, you can't edit this because we have to like get here <laughs> um but uh but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's been a fascinating ride, and it's also amazing just how you know how often those counterintuitive things, you know, do play out like that. That yeah. what you think is one thing, you know, ultimately over time you realize is like, wow, that was actually an argument for something on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Right. Exactly. So, so I guess we'll you know we'll mention we should probably do like a, some sort of follow up. Uh, after the new S. Craig Zoller movie comes out. Oh, yeah. Uh, this movie with Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson called, was it Dragged Across Pavement? or Dragged, Dragged Across, Across Concrete. Concrete. Yeah. That apparently is is has a very similar uh, bite to yeah. it that this movie does. That apparently there's some some really uncomfortable things to watch in it. Um, it's It would be easy to paint as just like a racist film. But, um, you know, is, is very much and, and Zoller's output has very much been in that 70s um, cinema kind of vibe. And he really understands that vibe, too, which is which is, you know, right. Been cool to see with mm -hmm. his work. But, um, you know, so, of course, we won't know till we watch the movie. It might actually just be racist tripe. But um, <laughs> but the stuff that I've read about it made it seem to me more like, you know, when we watched Year of the Dragon after I've been thinking about it more, I was like, OK, this is actually getting me kind of interested to see that. Yeah. That as Craig Zoller movie, because I feel like it has that same kind of angle. Well, so giddy up. I love that. Like we got to do this more often. We're like, you have a week mm -hmm. and I have a week. <laughs> you know, because I feel like last week <laughs> is the predator for me. Yeah. And this week is, is year, year of the dragon. And I <laughs> I've enjoyed hearing hearing how you feel about this movie. Awesome. You know, well, I'm glad to hear it. And just I mean, hopefully our listeners feel the same. Yeah, I just in the middle of uh, not that I wasn't paying attention because I always pay attention to you, but <laughs> in the middle of hearing you talk, I I, I jumped. Uh, you know, since we are in the digital age right now, you know, uh, I have looked this movie up on like eBay and I have looked it up on like Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, it is available to rent and buy on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> there you in go. High people. definition. So. If you are so inclined, it is a two ninety nine to rent. Oh man, on iTunes. There you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, just just go in prepared. Like it's it's not. It will be a very valuable watch. I hope, but yeah. it will not be. No matter how you feel about it, it will not be a comfortable watch. No, it won't. So it won't. you know, choose your uh, you know your your 
uh, co-viewers uh, yeah. carefully, I would say, <laughs> or just make sure that they're aware of like what you know what you get they're getting into, into here. It's not going to be like you know, oh, let's make some popcorn and watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it is. It is not like as, how we did when we walked into. The <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. You know, in the trailer too, just looks like the trailer's crazy, awesome. Yeah, the trailer is like such a good. You know, this crazy like Chinatown gang warfare action film. Yeah, you know, and it's gritty like, New York. Like, like oh man, drama. no, you are getting. You're getting a lot more than that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah. Well, hope you enjoyed hearing us talk about You're the Dragon. Yeah, hope you do too. Uh, hope you check it out. You know, uh, let us know what you think. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week Yeah. with another episode. Yeah, we've hoped you've uh, enjoyed our diversions the past couple weeks. And, um, you know, I still don't care if anyone's listening, but I understand that the people I don't care about if they're listening or not are people. Ooh. So good for you. Yeah. Fuck. I'm turning a corner. You just, yeah, you really turned a corner. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. Take care. Bye.